0: In a world called Craig's List. All right, all right. Ideas for opening bit for Craigslist, episode seventy-nine. Eight and a half episode. Uh, guy who can't think of an opening bit for the episode. That seems kind of hack, though, and, and pretentious, maybe, a little bit, like that's been done. Maybe. Oh, I mean, I've done 78 of these already. Like, what am I going to do that's that's new? I mean, it'll definitely help if I bring my mistress here, um, yeah. my mistress, Carla. Uh, <laughs> put her up at a hotel. Not a nice hotel, but, uh, you know. Somewhere a little further away, and uh, maybe she'll inspire me, because I need a muse. I cannot do an opening bit if I don't have a muse. Wait a minute, maybe, maybe this, maybe the thing that I'm doing, maybe this is the bit. And I can get away with it because I just called it out as being pretentious. But since I called it out first, it's okay if this actually is the opening bit for the eight and a half episode. Carla, what do you think of that?
1: (laughs) Oh, great job. Um, I thought you would do an accent.
0: That's offensive. (laughs) I think. Do you want me to do an Italian accent yes. as Alfredo? Yes. Uh, Guido. As Guido. Well, Alfredo was, of course, your lover, uh, when we traversed Italy together. Yes. Was a character that I did constantly. And I think it came up when we did the La <laughs> Dolce Vita episode. Um, I thought you'd be flattered to be referred to as my mistress.
1: Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not.
0: In fact, you are my wife. Sure. And, uh, and your name is Carla. Mm-hmm. And uh, welcome to the Craigslist podcast, everyone. We're up to episode 79, number 22 on my list, my 22nd. So
1: close. <laughs> we're, we're, well, we're about a, we're about a p- year away.
0: We're about a year away from being done at the rate that we're going. Uh, uh, but my 22nd favorite movie is 1963's Eight and a Half, or Otto Imezzo Mezzo, <laughs> by Federico Fellini. But to help us talk about that, we have not one, but two guests today. And they are uh like us, a married couple. And uh they are writers <laughs> and improvisers, and please say hello to Alex and Rachel Fendrich.
2: Hey <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having us. Uh People have enjoyed episodes where our guest, uh, the, the film that we're doing is their favorite or among their favorite films and I don't know why I remembered this, but I feel like years ago in Chicago, when we were both improvisers in Chicago, Alex, uh that we had a conversation about an eight and a half, and for some reason I remembered that it was a favorite film of yours. Is that in fact true? It is. Did I remember that
3: correctly? You did. You did. <laughs> wow. If I remember right, and I could be wrong about this, but I think I was using some of the soundtrack of eight and a half to start an improv show that we were doing. Wow. And I think you recognized the music. <laughs> Was it Nino Rota? It was. Sure. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> His parents actually have a poster, right? An eight and a half poster framed on their wall in their living room. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, a family uh, affair. So, yeah. <laughs> I
3: got in early. I saw it mm-hmm. really young.
0: So th- this is a movie that your, your parents showed
3: you. Yep. At what age? You 10? 10. 11? Wow. I don't know exactly, but mm-hmm. young, pretty young.
0: That's definitely way earlier than I saw it. I think I f- tried to see it for the first time in college did not get it, and then... Wait,
2: what does it mean to try to see a movie and not <laughs> see it? It
0: means giving up after uh, after a half hour or so. Oh,
2: really?
1: Interesting. So
0: maybe, Carla, this will turn out to be one of your favorite movies when you continue to revisit <laughs> over the years. Probably not. I think also I checked it out on VHS from the library uh, in Williamsburg, uh-huh. Virginia, and mm-hmm. had to return it at a certain point. Mm-hmm. I think I was intending to get through it. Uh, but what did ten-year-old Alex think of this movie?
3: Probably also, you know, confused by a lot of it, and had a lot of, <laughs> you know, it was hard. I'm sure at the time, like the subtitles, but but I think you know, I think I at least liked visually the faces and stuff, and had never seen any of this stuff before, and I just feel like I could feel like stuff was imaginary or dreamlike, and that was something I wasn't that familiar with. And I think I was probably setting out to try and figure it out because it had been given such a high bar by my parents. So I probably faked liking it in some parts where I didn't or tried sure. to make myself like it. But, I mean, I remember it being difficult, definitely. Was it your first it.
0: foreign film, do you think?
3: No, I think, uh you know, actually, actually my parents took me to see Amorcord I think it's pronounced uh, another Fellini film another which film. is uh
0: semi semi autobiographical yeah. from 1974 I believe.
3: Right. And I think I saw that in the theater and and uh and then I think I mean this may not exactly be true but my dad there's a Truffaut movie The 400 Blows about mm-hmm. a young boy that's like taken away from his parents and it's pretty sad and I feel like he made me watch that because I was being a brat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that might have been the first one. This could be you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: That's great. Man, those are like cool parents.
3: They're, they're yeah, pretty cool. They're pretty cool. Like yeah.
1: cultured. They oh, yeah. They do
3: like movies yeah. and books and stuff.
0: Are they still film film nerds to this day where they go to see more challenging stuff?
3: I th- Yeah. I think they do. That's yeah. really cool.
0: And Rachel, you would never seen this film before.
2: I'd never seen it. Um, I, I guess I still can't guarantee that I've seen the whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Only because I was quite tired yesterday from being out for Halloween. Okay. I'll call it tired. And, um, <laughs> I kept falling asleep. <laughs> it's a, it's a, such a pleasant sounding, calming movie. <laughs> I will, so I watched half of it yesterday and the other half this morning. Is how I got through it.
0: I think we watched it in four <laughs> chunks. Yeah, <laughs> <that's insane. laughs> we were on vacation over the last couple of days. We went up yeah. wine tasting in solving for two days. Oh, yeah, brought, I went to right. school
2: over there at Cal Poly. Really? Yeah, yeah in is. San Luis Obispo. Cool. Brought yep.
0: the movie with us, and I think Carla could stand about a half hour at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we watched it in four chunks. Finished it. What is the runtime? It's about two hours and 15 minutes. I'm sorry. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. 2.18.
3: 2.18. He knows exactly.
0: I've
1: been getting a lot of shit online recently for not giving these movies my all. So I wanted to make sure that I stayed awake for every Mm -hmm. bit of it. And that meant only 30 minutes at a time.
2: (laughs) I mean it, I kept following like, he kept nudging me yeah. to wake me up but I, got, I get defensive when I'm sleepy and so I, I think this morning he nudged me and I was like it was only my eyes were only closed for like 10 seconds and I proved it by saying what just happened <laughs> so I got really defensive about it I couldn't tell you anything that happened in this movie <laughs> not a single
1: thing I would
0: love an attempt at least to summarize the plot
1: I mean to me it's the same movie that we watched the first podcast we did which was whatever that movie La Dolce Vita. At
0: episode one of this podcast, uh, if you recall, Craig's listeners, was number 100 on my list. Felino, Felinos, uh,
1: <laughs> the
0: singular <laughs> of Felini. Yeah. Um, just one Felini is one a Felina. Felino. Uh-huh. Uh, was uh, La Dolce Vita.
1: Yeah, it's and the same movie. It has
0: some similarities, it's, definitely.
1: It's the same thing. Exactly. A middle aged guy going through a, a crisis, uh, thinking of the loves that he just couldn't treat well, and yeah. getting mad at them when they like show that they care about him again. I mean, it's it's the same movie.
0: Yeah, but he's a gossip columnist in the first one, and he's a movie director in this one. But he is played by Marcello Mastroianni in both movies, and there's a lot of actors that are in both movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Anuka yeah, Mayer is in, it's is in both movies, I believe. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it's also both are told in vignettes and really could be swapped in or out for the other, <laughs> I, I think. S-
0: Yes. I mean the basic dynamic of it is uh, they're very similar, but uh La Dolce Vita, though it has some surreal moments, is much more grounded and eight and a half deliberately kind of bleeds uh fantasy and reality together where it goes into dream sequences and visions from his past mm-hmm. and they're kind of uh seamlessly intermingled with the present to the point where you're you're not quite sure of what yeah. is real and what is not, which I think a lot of the Carlos quotes will reflect. Your yeah. confusion on that
2: matter. When are we right now? Is what I kept thinking. Yeah. Yes. Did
1: he make the movie? He did it, right? Real, I'm not
2: kidding. On the way over here, I, I almost just asked Alex for a factual quick question like,
1: did it did it get made?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. Did I it? think we, we can uh we can uh, debate that okay. of like, is is this the movie that he made?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. That. I see what oh, okay. I see. What he's doing there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, mm. To what degree is uh, Fellini Guido, and to what degree is Guido Fellini? To what degree and-
2: is Alex Guido as well? Because <laughs> <laughs> I will recall <laughs> the He asked. Gave you. He goes. I really love those glasses from that movie, <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I had to Google image search, and I tried to find him similar ones. Oh. But now realizing that, I'm like, you might. Relate with just being a director and not the philandering part, of course, but sure. yes, maybe the inner struggle. I don't know. There is a lot of philand- philandering in, in both He's
1: nodding. <laughs> He's nodding. Yeah. Quietly nodding.
0: Um, so the, we, we don't necessarily have to sign up to the, uh, for that aspect of Guido's I life. mean, that's
1: 90% of the Guido that I know. <laughs> and the Alfredo. Well, sure. Well, Rachel,
3: actually, right at the moment of like a big turn... Was saying, like, I don't like how women are treated at all.
0: I feel like they're film. ornamental.
3: And it was right at that moment that it goes into the dream sequence of the whip.
0: <laughs> so it was before all. the harem yeah. scene. It the harem scene. And then it's like, here is the, uh, the exact depiction, yeah. uh, to the extreme. Though I think, like, he, he, it's, Fellini is satirizing himself yes. there, and it's certainly Guido does not come off well in that sequence, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, though, th- to what degree it's misogynistic or it's satirizing misogyny, I mean, is probably blurred, uh, a little bit. Yeah. <sighs>
1: <laughs> I mean, could be or couldn't be. Like, if that's the whole movie, maybe it's real, maybe it's not. That's just confusing to me. Well. But I will say, just so people get off my back, the photography is beautiful. It really is. It's a really pretty film to watch. I felt yeah. that about this and La Dolce Vita. <laughs> it really is. You could like, I could, I could have watched like 20 minutes of it without any dialogue and you been just, happy. with, Yeah. That. And still been
2: engrossed. To, yeah.
0: There are so many shots in it that are so iconic and, and memorable in and the way that he plays with light and, and whiteness in particular. Mm-hmm. And, and just the camera movement is so fluid too, of like there's, there's several like very choreographed shots that are very, uh, artistically satisfying to watch
3: very mm-hmm. much. Yeah.
2: I love the, yeah, the drinks in the, with the girls pouring the drinks over and over and it goes overhead and you see all the, the line of people just constant where they grab an empty cup it <clears> up <throat> like that was really yeah cool to see
0: the reveal of the, uh, the psychics assistant where he's kind of backlit with that top hat mm-hmm. and, and everything is, is yeah. such a cool shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the shots at the, uh, the scaffolding, uh, for where they're going to build the spaceship Uh, for the movie. Um, here, here are the basic facts in case you haven't seen this, this movie, Craig's listeners. There's a film director named Guido, uh, played by Marcello Mastroianni. He's trying to make a movie. He's kind of holed up at a spa, some sort of luxurious spa, uh, with all of his crew and many of the actors that are supposed to appear in this movie, all of whom want to know what the movie is, what are their roles going to be if they're on the crew, what they should be building for the movie and uh he he's basically gaslighting them all because he has no idea uh what the movie's going to be while he flashes back to different images from his past uh he uh He envisions a uh, an ideal uh muse uh played by Claudia Cardinal, who then shows up as an actress named Claudia uh later who may or may not be claudia cardinal <laughs> um he uh he has his mistress carla uh who he does put at an out of the way hotel rather than put her at the spa his wife luisa shows up with her sister and some other friends uh and it is similar to la dolce vita uh i i love Marcello mastroianni uh and the, he he doesn't do a lot really but like he's very uh, a subtle actor um, and a lot of it is just kind of uh, him just trying to avoid the spotlight of him kind of mm-hmm. holding his hand across his face and kind of like ducking and trying to get it out of the way of all of these uh, obstacles and people in his life. If you know the musical Nine, it's uh, a pretty faithful ad- adaptation of Eight and a Half, the, the Broadway musical I believe was written in the early '80s, starring Raul Julia in the original production, and then they made a film I believe in two thousand nine. With uh, Daniel Day Lewis in the Guido role.
1: Did you see that?
3: I think I did. Yeah.
1: Do you remember liking it?
3: I don't remember it that well. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think I. Yeah, I think I felt kind of neutral about it.
1: Why is um? Why is this one of your favorite movies?
3: Um. Uh, well, you know, I did. I was always interested in movie making anyway, and mm-hmm. so it was probably my first introduction to what a movie making is, or what a director does, or. So even just, like, the little flashes of, like, seeing the screen tests or the pressures of it were intriguing to me. I Behind think. the scenes, yeah. seeing stuff, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to admit, like, I just think it's got to be, there's something to the fact that my parents loved it so much. And yeah. that for them, they probably saw it when it was out in the theater. <laughs> and their memories of it are so positive. or The way they talk about it, they talk about it with so much love. I'm sure you know yeah. that is, that has something to do with it. although there are things they like that i don't like so it's not like i blindly you know look at everything they do but uh, and then you know as you were talking about the the light and the way it's shot you know i love that and then you know i'm still just very moved by it like today uh, when we were watching you cheered up yeah i mean it just hits me really hard and it's probably just sort of the release at the end of how he's seeing everything and and just everything the critics saying all those things seem so true and correct, but also sad and depressing and, you know, like it's better to just be silent and, you know, so those are things in general, I think yeah, maybe anyone that's interested in like making something, it's still hitting a lot of those things, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, that is another character in the movie, which is a, a critic, a film critic who he is hired to give uh, <laughs> to give him notes on this film, which uh, isn't really being made and doesn't really have a script yet. So he, it is kind of like the device, uh, as I did in the opening, to constantly call out the pretensions of the movie uh, and kind of make fun of it. Uh, I, Fellini thought of this movie as a comedy, and a lot of it plays pretty funny, yeah, really I think. Good. It actually got some laughs out of Carla, believe it or not.
2: She, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Yeah. She
0: laughed at a few of the lines. Uh, Is the critic it,
2: the one who was hanged? Like as a yes. bit where he's he says one comment and it turns to an unreality and yeah. he just gets up and he's like, hang him. You know, yeah. he points to his guys and then he, I thought that made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then a lot of the the people playing crew members are actually guys who had worked with Fellini on on the crew. So like uh-huh. the assistant director uh, and the production okay. designer oh, yeah. and, and everything, uh, cool. I, I believe. Our, uh, our actual crew members. uh. So this is the, the ultimate meta movie. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think...
1: Is it in the sense that Fellini viewed himself as Guido? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Absolutely, so. yeah. So he was a womanizer? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, his wife, uh, Giulietta Messina, is the lead in many of his movies, though she isn't in La Dolce Vita or this one. But she's the lead in... Lestrada and Knights of Kiberia and Juliet of the Spirits. Uh, and so they work together, uh, a lot. And then I believe Fellini also had multiple mistresses. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the, the idea of watching, uh, of having the wife, uh, Louisa, it, Louisa, played by Anuka May, mm-hmm. uh, in the, Audience watching screen tests of people auditioning to play the wife.
2: Oh gosh. M- must just yeah. have been
0: meta and biographical on so many <laughs> levels for Fellini. Cause I, I imagine that Julietta Messina was very involved with the making of most of his movies, whether or not she was acting in them or, yeah. or not, you know, and must have been painful for her, for him to work out, you know, mm-hmm. um, the shit that was going on in their lives in his art, yeah. right. you know. Yeah, so I, I think your tolerance for it will, will (laughs) depend on your tolerance for meta, probably. I, I happen to love, like, how much of a movie movie this is. And as somebody who's seen a lot of, like, the classics of European cinema from the 50s and 60s, compared to a lot of them, this is a lot more fun. I don't know how much fun Carla had, but, I mean, there's a lot of movies from that era that might be important or significant yeah. uh, for various reasons, but they're not as much fun as, as this. Yeah, there,
3: there are bits in it, uh, you know, and kind of personal bits, like the way he's always like, like dropping down and like you see him like. Becoming mm-hmm. a little kid, like even when he's by himself, he's walking down the hallway and he's doing like little stuff playful with his steps, foot. He's like yeah. playful, and, oh, yeah. and that just feels
0: like real yeah. to me. I love the scene at the end where they're dr- literally yes. dragging him to the press conference. He's doing almost like a Groucho Marx yes, walk of like right. it's like classic like silent slapstick mm-hmm. uh almost. Mm-hmm. And then finally, he ducks under the table to to get out of the the press conference. In addition to nine, this movie has been remade. Uh, not directly but been influenced by several uh it's influenced several other filmmakers that wanted to make a movie about a making of a movie or you know a movie about the making of a play etc some of the biggest ones i can think of are certainly woody Allen's stardust memories bob fossey's all that jazz uh there's living in oblivion uh there's Truffaut's day for night um there's a there's a Wes Anderson Amex commercial <laughs> that is more more directly influenced by Day for Night, uh, because it 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 there's a scene where Truffaut has to pick out has to choose between various guns of like which gun do you want? Mm-hmm. But that obviously is based on the scene where they bring the different fathers to Guido in yeah. Eight and a Half, who's like, okay, I brought these three old guys in to play your right. dad. Oh which one God. do you want? You know, of like I don't think they all look uh are they're,
2: they're too young. They're too yeah. young. Goes, I'm this, like are
0: you you're kidding? This
2: guy's he's about to die. <laughs>
1: You guys about
0: to die. That,
2: that got me a big laugh. Time. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing the guy's
1: face, like, yeah. dejected. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you can't get a more pathetic-looking face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This guy makes you cry right that was away, good. right? That was good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, then, then uh, Truffaut kind of used it in Day for Night of, like, pick out the gun, and then Wes Anderson used that exact pick out the gun thing for that mm. Amex commercial That's uh cool. that he did. And something that I forgot was that the REM video for Everybody Hurts is a direct lift of the opening of eight and a half, oh. which is people waiting in a traffic jam. Oh, uh, got it. <laughs> uh of course they're committing suicide and, and that, um, oh,
1: yeah, I forgot about that.
0: And then, uh, when Woody Allen, did I just
1: t- watched it and I forgot.
0: Everybody hurts.
1: No, the opening <laughs> scene to this movie. It was, well, I think it was so
2: disconnected from the rest of it. It's, yeah. It was easy for me to like, forget about it
0: until, we, Yeah. I mean, when he floats above the traffic jam yeah, and, that's then, pretty cool. and then he's down. like a kite flying above the ocean and then those are his crew members that are like pulling him back to yeah. reality yeah. into the ocean. I mean, that like that I as an opening, that. that is so cool. Yeah.
2: But as the first time you're watching it, seeing that I look over at Alex and I was like, Okay, here, here we go. This is what we're getting into. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little. Yeah. <laughs> but now, if I went back and I would, I would like it more if I went back after seeing the film. I think. Yeah, yeah. But I mean that that is like an
3: in or out moment, like
0: yeah. right away. <laughs> <It> <laughs> is. Yeah. It's
3: like, you'll know whether this is your kind of movie in about five minutes. Yeah. I, I mean, within the first ten seconds, Rachel said, "Is there going to be sound in this?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, yeah, I didn't know. I was like, oh, is this just a silent... Yeah, yeah I didn't know. It
3: starts in a very stark way. <laughs> now, this is something you brought up when we watched La
0: Dolce Vita, too, which I think also the dubbing probably bothers you a little bit, too, right? I
1: just don't understand it.
2: Well, Alex told me why it
3: was. Why, Alex? Why the dubbing? I mean, uh, I don't know that this is totally correct. But what I think I've heard or read was that, in general he wouldn't, uh, he didn't have live on set recording, or if he did, maybe he did it for reference, but that basically, even while people are doing dialogue and what we're seeing, Fellini's back there going on, yeah now right you know make your eyes wider and go now in
1: background and talking this, over the whole like thing
3: constantly like what a the fuck? you know, he was doing it while a take is happening well, so that, that he... doesn't
2: make
1: me like him anymore
2: yeah. <laughs> it made me appreciate the acting though like yeah. if they weren't you know jarred by it or i don't know wow. like, i would and never have multiple,
3: known yeah multiple you know <clears throat> some people are playing an american-speaking character but right. they might have actually been a french actor so it's like a mixture yeah. of different languages yeah. that yeah, people can, are I
2: actually i heard french speaking. sometimes for sure
3: yeah
0: yeah i guess it was not common at the time in italy period to record dialogue almost uh well probably n- not to the degree that fellini <laughs> didn't do it but uh, all films were dubbed later uh in post so whether yeah. they recorded uh on the day or not uh they, they would be dubbed and often there'd be famous actors who weren't using their own voices you know even in their native language and apparently claudia cardinal who was already pretty well known in italy this was the first film where she got to use her own voice to play herself in it because she's actually tunisian uh she was an italian immigrant from tunisia and i guess she had a thick tunisian accent that was hard to understand uh and so she was usually dubbed uh to that point that's Um,
1: kind of fascinating
0: barbara Steele, who is the actress with the crazy eyebrows i love her she plays the uh the uh the producer, or it's some other, uh a friend of Guido's who's also at the spa, who's like a wealthy, maybe movie executive or something, yeah. has this much younger British girlfriend. That
1: went to school with his daughter.
0: That went to school with his daughter, yeah. But
1: his daughter likes her, so.
0: Hey, if it's all cool with cute. them, <laughs> who am I <laughs> to judge? Cute. But that actress, Barbara Steele, I guess was a star of Italian horror movies at the mm. time. She was a British actress. I thought she
1: was really cool looking.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: she was a highlight for me. Every time she came on screen, yeah. it was like. Fun. Yeah. She's yeah.
0: striking. Definitely. She always did
2: funky little physicalities, <laughs> like her little shoulders would curl and yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think in addition to the opportunity to just bark directions at his actors constantly, it also gave him the opportunity to write the movie in post well, as yeah. well. So even the things yeah, they were match. saying, saying on the day, you know, he could choose later just That's dub in right. an entire, entirely different line. What a yeah. dumb
1: way to make a movie. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> it's so fascinating to me. Like, it's so much more work. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. yeah Yeah,
2: you're doing twice yeah yeah but
0: i think similar to guido of like he he jumped in this movie not totally knowing what it would be building your plane as you're taking off discovering it as he was going
3: that's one of the lines that hit me this time uh was the the psychic uh host Mm -hmm. when he comes over to guido and he says hey it's been a while hasn't it which also is moving to me in some way that they love a history it's almost like they were improvisers back in the day together or whatever you know now they've gone in their own paths but uh he says you know tell me how you do it and he goes well it's you know it's a little bit of a trick it's a little bit of the truth i can't totally explain it (laughs) but it works every
2: time yeah Yeah. Yeah. it
3: works and she can do it psychically and it was like (laughs) perfectly calling out the moments that's about to happen like should we believe this works or not it like lets you go okay Let's pretend it works. But I feel like it's a little bit of what his process is too. Yeah. It's like an admission of like, you know, I'm kind of juggling stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was reading an essay on it and it, it talked about the phrase Asa Nisi Masa, oh, yeah. which is something that we, it is also from that psychic scene where uh she asks Guido to think of a phrase mm-hmm. and she writes Asa Nisi Masa on the blackboard. And she's like, is that right? He's like, yeah, that's, you know, because it was something from his childhood mm-hmm. that he's remembering. And it's something that he and like his, Cousins or whoever they are uh, would, would chant to magically make the picture on the wall move. Its <laughs> eyes move or something like <laughs> that. And uh, asanisi massa, I guess there's there's like an Italian kids equivalent of Pig Latin. That's and so I mean. and so, what does it mean? Anima, anima, which is like
3: spirit. Yeah, yeah. So Soul
0: it, spirit. So it's the Italian Pig Latin version of spirit yeah. is asanisi
2: The woman was like scared of it. The woman reading his mind, I feel like she said something like, I can't say it, <laughs> holding her head and then like had to yeah. write it. But I don't know why she'd be scared of it. I don't know. This line was weird to me.
1: Guys, I don't remember this scene. <laughs>
2: 100% don't Actually, remember. we've just been making things up for the past five minutes just to test <laughs> just you.
1: Uh-huh, none of
2: this is uh-huh. real. Carla, you may have fallen asleep. That's, a good, that's actually a pretty fun part, I will. I'll admit.
3: And why eight and a half? That's the number of movies he had made so far were eight, right? And this was his ninth? Or See, is it that he had made seven in
0: the. I think he was counting six movies and three half movies. Oh, I okay. Man. Because he had done two shorts oh, yeah. and he had co-directed a movie. So mm. he was counting those
2: as half movies. Oh, not that this one was half-baked. <laughs> That's what I assumed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh,
0: well, why don't we go chronologically through the movie a little bit with a segment that we like to call. Carla's Quotes. She's feeling her oats, and
4: Craig's
3: taking
0: notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's Quotes. There are a few quotes. I tried to. They're, they're on a good. similar theme, I think. Yeah. That opening, by the way, in Stardust Memories, Woody Allen kind of turned it into trains, mm. uh, which is he's on a train full of ugly people, and then across the Sharon way there's another. Stone, right? There's Sharon Stone and a train full of good-looking people, and he wants mm. to be on that <laughs> other train. <laughs> Um, oh,
1: Woody. Haha.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, don't worry. We'll have plenty more so opportunities to talk so about cute. the wood man. Oh. Um, <laughs> should I not call him that? Maybe not. Um, right away, Carla said, this is the La Dolce Vita guy, right? <laughs> uh, in addition to the Neo. Nino- I
1: meant, I meant the same actor.
0: Oh, you're talking about Marcello Mastroianni. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I knew it was, you the knew same it was director. Fellini. Yes. Well, you nailed Marcello right away. Uh, a lot of good classical music, in addition to the Nino roto score is Flight of the Valkyries yes. and uh the barber Seville opening da da, da 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 yeah, and a little bit of uh, Tchaikovsky as well, I believe in there so when we first meet the critic uh and he 's giving notes to uh to Marcello mm-hmm. um and I was kind of explaining to Carla, like uh so like the writer 's notes are also like notes on the the film that you 're watching right now, and Carla said this guy 's a lot. <laughs> Because <laughs> he is it also is. very pre- very pretentious and yes. using a lot of big words right yeah. away too. Yeah, I, I love the transitions in and out of the dream sequences. And I think this is part of like what what confuses you is there's there's no dissolve or no. fade and sometimes like a character will just kind of step into the frame as if they're in the reality and then we end mm-hmm. up kind of following them into the dream, you know. Right. I think it's something that until you've seen it a few times you don't quite catch where all of those transitions happen. Yeah.
1: I think that that's very interesting.
2: I liked that. <laughs> I liked him like lowering his dad into the ground. That was dark yeah. and cool. That is yeah. very dark. And yeah. he's just like just talking to him as he's reaching his hand down. And yeah. I don't know, that was cool.
0: So. Same actor who played Marcello's dad in La Dolce Vita plays Guido's dad in, in this. Uh. Same guy. Yeah, and then also in that same scene where he's talking to the kind of the ghosts of his parents, he yeah. starts, uh, he starts kissing his mother, who oh, becomes right. his wife.
4: That, yeah.
1: yeah. Like, yeah.
0: That is some unsettled, uh,
3: Freudian shit going
1: on there. are a few <laughs> moments, there. not Not that obvious, but where he would be talking to his mom <laughs> like he was talking to his lover.
3: <laughs> he went through like rude. Jungian, uh, what's it called? Therapy. Oh. Fellini did Fellini did And I think it was around that time Maybe he was writing this movie So all the stuff about his parents And hmm. his childhood and stuff I think it was like Partially conjured up during that Or yeah.
0: something Ugh. At some point uh, Somebody refers to My little wife And Carla said My little wife Yeesh
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> But I think I'm going to start uh, Using that Just as a term of a try,
2: try Have a good time <laughs> Doing it once <laughs>
0: So this is around the Asanisi Masa segment.
2: Did you say you don't remember that? No, just the stage it? part. But you remember them being kids, yeah? Yeah. Did you remember
0: all the kids in the tub, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, here's Carla. What is going on? I can't follow anything. I keep daydreaming like there's like there's no plot. Like, is this a flashback? <laughs> and then, ick! I would not like to be in that pool with all those kids. <laughs>
2: You know, there's lots of pee and poop. In what that. is it? It's a, it's a wine <laughs> vat. It looked like yeah, they were like, so, like bathing yeah. in wine. Yeah. Were they?
3: Why yeah. wouldn't you? Hey. you I mean, I've like, done it. Not... Drink the wine later
2: or something. <laughs> yeah. Like that? yeah. It, I think they were oh. in wine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm grossed out that people stomp on it with their bare feet these days. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
0: These days. These days. <laughs> these kids and their grape stomping. Oh man.
2: <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> Uh, whenever we watch a foreign film, of course, Carla just likes to uh, to quote as many random foreign words as possible. So the, there's that one scene where uh, there's the call from Luisa. Uh, it's just that classic, uh, grazie, prego, pronto. Oh,
2: all three? I literally <laughs> yes. was like, that was the most cliche Italian moment I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Grazie, prego, pronto.
0: pronto? <laughs> and so Carla said, grazie, prego, pronto. Yeah, grazie, prego, that pronto. stood out to me too. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I love the running bit of the designer is constantly worried about the spaceship. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it is pretty funny.
0: And I read in uh, I read a, an Ebert essay on this and a couple other essays, and they both referenced, uh the movie he's making as a science fiction epic. But I, other than the fact that they're making a spaceship, yeah. where I don't really see any references. And to they say it at indicate. the end.
2: Someone <laughs> says it to him. I this think. is a science fiction. Yeah, literally. Okay. No, not One epic. The but they say something like them. that. Yeah, at the end. <clears> yeah. yeah
0: it's like argo maybe uh right it's a science but, fiction but it never that never was that doesn't get made yeah oh so there's one scene where he goes kind of the to the production office and uh is talking to his ad who's like shirtless and in his shorts right oh, and yeah. he's like oh uh, meet my little nieces which of course are like giggling not, not, girls. His, not his nieces yeah. they're like you know girls that he's hooking up yes. with yeah. And, uh, and there's just like a sheet drawn separating him from the rest of the production office. And Carla's like, he's just fucking these girls while all these other people are working.
2: <laughs> there's like a seamstress in the back <laughs> sewing things. And yeah. Yeah. Weird. yeah. <laughs> Italy. And the, the, <laughs> and oh. one of the girls says, you don't know how to write a love story. That yeah. was kind of, yeah, cool. That's, uh, that,
1: people kept saying that to him. Yeah. yeah. Right? I I think, think, uh, yes. <laughs>
0: I, I think one of the things that prompted Fellini to make this movie was uh how guilty he felt, like when, like after he had made a few movies, and now he's got all these people working for him who are like, mm. "You're a genius, maestro. Tell us what to do," you know, yeah. and like the power you have as a director of like whatever random thought you have, then that translates into somebody like having to build it and draw right. it up, and and so I think both to like production people where. Uh, he, he felt guilty, like making them, you know, uh, try to create things that only existed in his head, his visions. And mm-hmm. he felt guilty in dealing with actors who always wanted to like what their part was and what their character was. And, mm-hmm. and, and he, he couldn't, uh, explain it to the people who worked for him. And he felt guilty about that. And that kind of prompted the creation of this movie.
2: I like when the actress is asking about her character and he walks away and and is like, "Oh, so come here, I wanted to tell you something. Actually, I just didn't want to talk to that woman." Okay, thanks. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> that was like a pretty modern, yeah. you know. I don't know, it was cool.
0: Yeah, there's like a journalist like uh like a British guy with glasses who keeps bugging him too to ask pretentious questions, yeah. you know. Yeah, Sarah Gina is the uh the prostitute uh from his childhood who's kind of terrifying. This was played by Fergie in the uh the movie. She's Nine. a highlight. She's a highlight for <laughs> me to be way. honest. Uh Sarah like huh
2: <laughs> I like her.
0: I think Carla was confused by exactly what the story was, but I think all that happens is a bunch of kids go and pay her to mm-hmm. dance erratically. It's like
2: their again. version of a little nudie magazine, I feel like.
0: Yeah. Yes. Kind of.
2: Oh, okay.
0: And, uh, but then that's still a sin to the church. Cause he, he then gets like,
2: but he's the only one who gets in trouble
0: that we know of. I think yeah. he's the
2: only one that gets caught cause all the other <laughs> kids run away and they like grab him. Okay. I think,
0: I don't Yeah, know. I think Carla was confused over whether he had actually, as a child slept with his. Yeah, prostitute. I was confused. <laughs> but that's a theme
3: he, in his other movies too, though. Am Amicord, he's, there's kind of a theme where he gets smothered in a woman's bosoms and, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know he was a uh what's it called a caricaturist kind of you know in a previous career. Mm. And so there's a book oh. of all his caricatures and it's like a lot of that. A lot of like women's breasts enveloping <laughs> him. And- wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh that's
0: interesting because Fellini is so influential on Terry Gilliam as well, who's also a, a cartoonist, oh, yeah. you know, in addition to being a filmmaker. I also read that this is David Lynch's favorite movie. So unsurprising, <laughs> I think. Uh, this movie always does well in the Sight and Sound poll, by the way. The British magazine Sight and Sound does a new poll of critics and filmmakers every 10 years. So in the last poll... uh the critics named it the tenth best movie of all time. Directors named it the, their fourth favorite movie. Wow! Of all time, what was so. number one? Um, I think Hocus Pocus. Um. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Do you
2: like Hocus Pocus? I uh, love it. I, I only watch it once a year, though. I watch it like around Halloween once a year, and it's always trash. I mean, it's, it's I loved Sarah Jessica Parker in it, but like she sings at one point. It's anyway. We're not here for that. <laughs> but but, but we could be. <laughs> we could be.
1: I just watched it the other night on Halloween. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. It's,
0: My previous movie podcast, garbage, yes. uh, Maria Blasucci, made me watch that movie uh, and I had never seen it before. Oh. And I think probably Rachel and Carla, you were of the age where of like, that was the perfect age for Hocus yeah. Pocus. Any, uh Any – Affinity for
2: Hocus Pocus? He walked out of the room, I think, when I turned it on. <laughs> yeah, I haven't
1: been
0: exposed to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I found Your it. Your
2: parents it, ran into Hocus
0: Pocus. I found it
2: excruciating. <laughs> well. His parents saw it and thought it was derivative <laughs> of an old Italian film. No, no.
1: Poke. <laughs> okay,
2: Pocus yeah. the hookies Pocus. <laughs> but when you were asking me about Sarah Guillen, I
0: like, did he sleep with her? Uh uh, I, it confused me for a moment I was like I don't think so uh, the you know because I had always interpreted like what was going on literally and then Carl said see you don't know what this is about
1: nah. either. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha gotcha
2: <Yeah. laughs>
0: And the little Guido by – that's his name, by the way, (laughs) when I said
2: the little Guido. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not (laughs) some kid from New Jersey that you're – (laughs)
0: yeah. The the child version of Guido is wearing like a little like conductor's cape and hat at all times, Mm -hmm. which is such a weird little costume. I thought it was
2: like a school uniform because the other kids had something like that. They're all wearing the same thing? When they're at school before they go, let's go, I feel like some of the other ones are wearing them. What a
0: weird school uniform. Yeah.
3: (laughs) It's. It feels a little <laughs> bit like he's like dressing up though, like playing dress up to be an adult kind of. So I'm mm. um, just yeah. thinking of it like it's his like superhero cape in a way, or just even as a little kid, what he wants to be maybe or something. Yeah.
1: And he has a cape on later, too. doesn't his dad put a cape on him? Oh yeah. Or was that before this? Who knows? I could that, be yeah. making all this
3: up. Was that something. a dream I had so the, last uh, night? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So the dad yeah. puts a cape on him before he lowers him to the grave. So again, that might be kind of like now you're the man of the family or mm. something. Now oh. you're the adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
0: know. This movie did win the Oscar for uh, black and white costume design at this time. Uh, uh, all the art categories were kind of separated into color and in black and white oh, for, for about it. a 10 year period when there was equal amounts of both films made. So this won the Oscar for black and white costume design and also won for best foreign film. Fellini also got nominations for directing and writing, which was very unusual mm. at the time for a non-American movie.
1: So it was um, a hit right away. It was a hit. It was buffo. I tell you, <laughs> it wasn't a cult classic.
0: <laughs> Another great scene, uh, is when everybody is going down for their spa treatments, like an assembly line. And mm-hmm. it looks like a descent into, uh, like Dante's Inferno.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then at the center of hell is the, uh, is the, the cardinal, right? Mm. So, uh, they kind of like go into hell and, uh, and there's the Catholic church is right there. Don't
2: remember. Sounds accurate. Uh,
0: well, this is around that time, Carly. You said, Oh my God, what is going on in this movie? I feel like he should have just made a coffee table book of photography and we would have gotten the same thing out of it. Is that mean?
1: <laughs> it is. I'm so scared. you like the imagery? I did.
0: Yeah. Do you know the, Cinematographer? Nor do I. No. Um, let's call him Frank. Frank, <laughs> Frank's work. <laughs> yeah. Frank Francis. Frank's work was great in this. This is basically the same movie as the last one. I think you're referring to La Dolce Vita yeah. and mm-hmm. not The Wizard of Oz, which was our previous movie. Oh. Uh, and I, I think this is when Louisa shows up and, uh, and he has to kind of, uh, dodge, Ooh. uh, her and, uh, and Carla, uh, who are there
3: at the same time can um, i throw something out there? yeah it's maybe obnoxious but you know just because you just said wizard of oz and made me think that uh the wizard of oz is kind of him being a director or him being a husband or him being this like you're saying he gets all this power and he's the one that knows that the wizard of oz is bullshit and yeah i think that's a little bit of what this movie is Everyone mm-hmm. like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain uh, yeah yeah yeah. That's what he, yeah. Like, shoots himself in the head he's like
2: But did he shoot himself in the head?
3: No, I don't think so. I think that's.
0: He's
2: nodding, by the way. He just nodded his head and said, no, I don't think so.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Yes, he
0: totally kills himself. Well, we'll talk about the ending in a bit because Fellini originally had a different ending.
1: I'm looking up the. I'm listening. I'm just looking up the cinematographer. I think he kills
3: his ego in that moment. Oh, he kills oh,
1: his ego. My
2: <laughs> <drop>. Okay. okay. <laughs> please don't. These are expensive. Please don't. No, they're not. That
1: Gianni expensive. Di Venenzo <laughs> is the director of photography. Do
0: you care? I do care. Thank you. One more time.
1: Gianni Di Venenzo.
0: Gianni Di Venenzo. Uh, but Carla says to the character Louisa, uh, "This is Carla Kikowski, not Carla oh, yeah. the character." Gaslighting you, he's gaslighting you. That's what it's called. He's trying to make you feel crazy because he's a bad person.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, yep. of course, I want you to come. That's why I asked you. That's why I asked in this sad little voice, "Come visit me." <laughs> So then there's that was like a, a really good
1: impression. <laughs> that was like the American
0: Grazie. version. Grazie. Uh, Rachel would have done the dubbing, uh, had it, uh, been released. I do have the, the, the man's
2: voice. Okay. <laughs>
0: uh, then there's like a 20 minute fantasy sequence that we kind of talked about before, which is now all the women in his life are in like a giant harem. <sighs> uh, his lovers and mother and, uh, sister-in-law and, and everyone. Uh, And this could be another, like, in or out moment. It sounds like it might have been out for you ladies.
2: I didn't understand the dancing woman. I mean, it's just basically objectifying women in a lot of ways, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, literally, I think they, they might say, like, she was his first showgirl. Like that's right. like, and mm-hmm. so now it's you know thirty years later or whatever, and
2: he has this, this memory movie. of this woman, right? Yeah,
3: oh, who's being retired upstairs
0: basically because right. she's too old. Right. Yeah, she can't be in his fantasies anymore. You know, what a shame! Because she's aged Ugh. out of it. I mean, yeah, I I think I mean it's self aware enough to satirize the the character. Mm-hmm. You know, he's supposed to look bad.
4: Yeah,
1: there, yeah. Definitely. sure, but the thing that's a um, okay. So the satire of it is how ridiculous it is, and how he's treating them. But then they become self-aware, mm-hmm. and they try to fight him. And then he pulls out a whip, right? And then he ends up winning somehow. Yeah. I think and it's that's still a where l- for him. loses me. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm like, what are they? What is what is <clears throat> Fellini trying to say about this character? Mm-hmm. That these women become self-aware, and he
2: still needs to
0: discipline. Though. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, I'll also say we, we watched, we recorded it on TCM like two years ago. So we had it in our backlogged in our DVR. Oh, so really? that's when we watched it. <laughs> and uh I watched a little bit of the TCM intro <laughs> and they both were so effusive about how cool he is. And they just wouldn't, they couldn't get over themselves. Like he's so cool. Oh, and his glasses and he, all he has to do is, you know, move his glasses and, and his acting. And, but it's like they still love his character so much. And so I'm torn about that. Cause yeah. You know what I mean? I don't
0: know. I mean, I think you're you're sympathetic to Guido to the degree that he's the lead character in the movie, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um and that Marcello Mastroianni is a charismatic actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's we've had this conversation a few times recently from movies that we've watched, you know. I do feel like at this point in 2018, the trope of like the tormented male artist who's like a dick, mm-hmm. uh, who's a, an addict or whatever and is a dick to all the women in his life is definitely a played out yeah. trope. We watched this movie Blaze uh, that Ethan Hawke did that had a lot of good things going for it. But like it eventually just got exhausting of like, OK, here's another asshole. Yeah. Talented artist, but he's an addict and he abuses the women as well. Gets life, away with you know? it because yeah. of
2: his talent. Yeah. And then
0: it's actually something I liked about uh there's an there's an indie movie called A Star Is Born, which is playing now. <laughs> <laughs> Never <laughs> heard of you it. you might not have heard of.
2: Never heard uh, of. Uh
0: but they did kind of remake, you know, the 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 Bradley Cooper character from mm-hmm. other versions where he's not uh he's he wasn't physically abusive, right? No, and he's no. not no. uh you know, uh, committing infidelity, yeah. uh, you know, he's just an addict and a, uh, a depressed person. And he's basically mm-hmm. sweet to her <laughs> most <laughs> yeah. of the time. So if, like that changed the dynamic uh, from what you usually see, which I, which I did. He was like. self-destructive. Yeah. More self-destructive. Than, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that you believe that the relationship would keep going,
2: mm-hmm. you know, yeah.
0: despite how, uh, how difficult it was. But here's some Carla quotes during the harem scene. Okay. When they pulls out the whip, this is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Babe, your movies, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that might be the tagline for this entire podcast. <laughs> Babe, your movies, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> and then when that was done, that was the longest, weirdest. And then she just trailed off as as if she couldn't come up with a noun for what she had just watched. It was
2: so long. (laughs) I I fell asleep a little bit in and out of that one.
0: It's a long sequence.
2: And it was uh, the moment
1: leading into it was pretty cool. And they didn't go back to that moment, which bummed (laughs) me out. What was the moment leading into it? Uh,
0: The harem scene?
1: Oh, it's when he's sitting with Luisa and her friend, and they see Carla across the way. Right. Mm. And I kept thinking he was going to come back, and there was going to be oh, some sort right. of like Luisa was going to talk to Carla, or Carla was going to ca- talk to them. But he just didn't even didn't even come back to that scene. He moved on to a different yeah. scene in the movie, and I was like, oh, what a wasted <laughs> opportunity to like give these women an, a, a moment to like show their opinion on their their situation in like, life to put whatever. a button
0: on that scene in some
1: way. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: It, it, if, if that wasn't <laughs> it, then it would not completely fail the Bechdel test yeah. but like yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, yeah. no moment where a woman is talking to a woman about anything but a man right so right it fits yeah, yeah. <laughs> about yeah.
0: Guido specifically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean what we, we know from from improv is that when you cut away you cut back <laughs> you know,
1: but it is Craig taught if, right, me that, I, that I, role. am I thinking of that right of the right scene yeah I think yeah, so yeah okay.
0: It, it, but it is interesting of, uh, whether it's a flashback to the past or whether it's a, fa- a dream sequence, you know, you almost always now will cut back to what you had left from mm-hmm. and then give, you know, what we just learned in the cutaway oh, yeah. some context in the yeah. present. And Fellini rarely did that. Yeah, rarely does this yeah. in this movie. It'll Maybe just I'm, kind of dissolve yeah. into the next scene mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. Which
1: is cool. Like, mm-hmm. good for you, Fellini. You, you innovator. <laughs>
0: uh, Yeah, I find that scene, uh, with him and Claudia Cardinale, uh, very moving because of how, uh, and, Again, like you're, you're never sure to what degree to take any of this literally, whether it's really happening. But I think we, we can assume that in the context of this movie, this is real, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but she shows up at the screen test. He drives away with her. Uh, she wants to know what her part is. He's trying to explain it, you know, and they kind of end up in an alley and it's very still and quiet. And they're the only people there. It's almost like a ghost story mm-hmm. in a way. And then finally he has to, uh, he's like, there's no part. There's no film. <laughs> No, uh, and it's just kind of like
2: this pathetic. I was asleep uh, during that part. I was definitely asleep. I don't yeah. remember. That.
1: She's great. That actress was really. Is it the one who got all like sweaty
2: from a fever? Is that no. what I'm talking about? No, no, no.
3: <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's Carla. Carla. Uh, oh, sorry, Sand- I thought that's Sandra Milo. Oh, is this that the
2: woman actress. who has the escargot ears? No, this is no. That's, <laughs> that floats around. I like it. Dressed in white.
0: Oh.
1: And she comes at at the end at the screen at, test. At the very
0: end. They take a car ride together. Yeah. I think it
1: was Nicole Kidman in Nine. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember the
2: little car. Like, I remember seeing him in a little car. Yeah,
3: yeah. that's... that's Okay.
0: But
1: I like it because she's like... He starts talking about regret or something. And she is like, you don't know how to be in love or something like that. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just keeps repeating <laughs> that. And then... Through that, he's finally like, yeah, there's no film. You don't have a part. <laughs> but she just kind of smiles like, you're an asshole, mm. which I liked. Mm. Like, she doesn't get angry. She's just kind of like, you're yeah. an idiot. You don't know how to love. Mm. Well, why am I wasting my time? Was the subtext I took from that. Or maybe that's just how I was feeling.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. Because that is kind of his symbol of grace and light and what's going to save him. Yeah. And that thing is telling him with a smile like... You're lost and, yeah. and you're screwed up. Uh, so then, the
0: the last uh, fifteen minutes or so. Uh, his producers drag him to this big press conference where he's getting besieged with rapid fire, idiotic questions. Are you afraid of the atomic bomb? Do you believe in God? Uh, mm-hmm. which actually reminded me of another thing that was directly influenced by eight and a half, which is the Kate Blanchett sequences in Todd Haynes's I'm Not There, uh, the Bob Dylan movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those are directly, uh, an homage to uh, eight and a half and have, uh, because, uh, and also the Dylan movie for the, uh, Don't look back. Uh, the documentary about Dylan from 1967 that D.A. Pennebaker did has all of those press conferences oh, yeah. uh, of journalists asking him the Just, most yeah. idiotic questions, and Dylan being an absolute asshole to yeah. them. You know, and it's it's and this was this was reality, like four years after Eight and mm-hmm. a Half. Uh, but that's kind of what Eight and a Half is doing—a parody mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it existed um,
1: <laughs> my head hurts then
0: uh then Guido escapes the press conference pulls a gun to his uh temple uh we hear a gunshot go off right but uh can we see the blood we see blood a bit, yeah. yeah on the ground yeah but is uh it, I, I think we can assume this is this is just a fantasy
2: right kind of like how he hung his friend yeah, yeah. <laughs> i thought that's why i thought well the critic says is it the
1: critic who's like i put it in your right pocket
3: yeah I think it might be one, someone else in his crew. Someone the producer? Is the crew. It's yeah. A different, yeah. Okay. Produ- yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Hmm.
0: Then we're kind of left alone on the set, you know, with this giant scaffolding. Uh, and then here's the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, wind then he <laughs> the wind starts. Benny just side. The wind starts.
3: The sound effect of the wind. I think yeah. It puts it in a lot of this stuff. But La Dolce Vita, I think, also ends with that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's eerie. Yeah. And then the Nino Rota, you know, uh, circus music kind of starts up and there's literally a circus parade mm-hmm. of all these clowns playing tubas and drums and everything, led by the little the Guido boy. again. Mm-hmm. Um, now all of the characters come back dressed in white and they kind of do a gigantic dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, uh, Guido and Louisa join them in the circle. Or is it Marcello and Anouk? Uh, joining them of like, I don't know if this is like literally of like, here's all the actors that appeared in eight and a half, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're taking a curtain call for you mm-hmm. or of like, here's all of the people in Guido's life. And I think it's both. Mm-hmm. And this was not Fellini's original ending, right? Do you, mm. do you remember what the, no. he also had something, I believe after the scene where Guido shoots himself, they're going to cut to a, a, a train car similar to the Stardust Memories thing. So Guido and Luisa are in a car and he looks around the car and sees all the people from his life there in the car. And I think mm. in Fellini's mind, this was meant to suggest that he had committed suicide and this is an afterlife of some sort. And I think he was talked out of doing that as too much of a downer ending. Mm. Um, and I find this ending kind of like a fun like celebration yeah. <laughs> of life. And again, like the meta-ness of this movie, it's like we all made a movie, and here's everybody, and it's it's fun, you know. Uh Along with this crazy ass Nino Rota circus music. So he
1: did. You think he did kill himself?
0: I don't think he did. No. You don't. No.
1: And so you think this was actually real, where they ended up doing the movie, and then he had this party for them,
0: or this was? <laughs> well, he actually shot this as a trailer for the movie, he didn't intend on putting it in the movie. That's, Uh, that's the thing that, uh, what's happening. He wanted to end with that train car ending. And then after he saw the footage that he shot for the trailer, he's like,
3: I'm going to make that the ending to the movie.
1: Hmm. (laughs) What were you going to say?
3: Yeah, it's, I'm going back and forth. Like, did he really shoot himself? Did he not? And, you know, of course, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but part of me goes, he shoots himself to get out of that thing, but it's also the equivalent of the show's over, you know, and then yeah. they start actually breaking down the scaffolding. And then he's in his car thinking about it. And that's, I think maybe reality is, okay, they're not going to make this movie. That's done with. And then he sort of is reflecting, what was I trying to do? You know, and it is probably a, it's a self-indulgent, super about himself moment but you know i definitely it resonates hard with me when he's like you know it's like the fisher king looking at his shore of ruins and kind of like what does this all amount to did i mm-hmm. you know was this all a waste of time for everything and then you see his mother now young all in white and you see claudia all in white by the ocean it's like that's what he loves so everyone's telling him you don't love anything you don't love and you know you don't know how to make a love movie you don't know how to love anybody But to me, I think he's actually saying, no, I do. I love every single one of you. I love everything that's been in my life. I've been a failure. I've screwed people over. But, you know, at the end of the day, I love all of you.
1: And then Carla comes up to him and is like, when will I see you tomorrow? And he's like, get in line. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's literally one of the last
1: (laughs) interactions
2: he has. I think I missed that too. Right? Doesn't He's like, get in line. Something like that,
0: yeah. I love you all equally. But during this whole sequence, uh, I have two Carlos quotes. Is this a fantasy again? And (laughs) wait, is this a fantasy? One thing I do like at the very end is like the last three minutes of the movie, he's finally directing for the first time. He's telling people where to go. Like, you go over there, you know. Mm -hmm. And we finally, we see this inactive character come to life, uh, at the end and direct for the first time as it's ending.
3: Well, that's interesting again, because like the ultimate fantasy, if he could do, (laughs) if he could do what he could do, (laughs) you know, it's like, I would have all these people happy dancing the horror together, you know, in unison, and my family's there, my mom's Mm -hmm. there, you know, all the people, the women that I've screwed up in my life, or the, the, you know, and that, but he's directing them all to be like, see, it's okay. This life has been well lived. And then it's him as a little boy is the last thing you see, I think is cool. And That's then it right. starts yeah. with the clowns and just knowing again, like a little bit about him as a kid thing is some of it is like him just taking these risks of bold moves of, I'm going to use this truth from my life or this is really me. You know, I started by being interested in clowns and clowns are like this ritual of fun and happiness, but that leads to being what I became as an adult, hmm. you know? And so it starts with kind of the clowns. That's cool.
0: And that is moving that again, it, it fades out on just the boy mm-hmm. alone how uh,
1: many how was Fellini did Fellini do drugs
3: <laughs> I don't think so no it wouldn't surprise me though if he did you know yeah just because of La Dolce Vita and you know that he was around highly wealthy people partying all day yeah. long so it wouldn't surprise me. you think hallucinogens specifically yeah or? yeah yeah yeah, or
4: something. yeah.
3: maybe he <laughs> did <laughs> and even the union stuff that's often tied sometimes you find out like okay so they were also doing LSD at the time something's telling me he did
0: yeah yeah because yeah, at the time acid was was being used by intellectuals and and people going through psychotherapy and,
3: yeah. and stuff like that yeah. didn't Cary Grant famously do a lot of LSD yes he did
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> right before North by Northwest <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex is this an A movie for you yeah,
3: I throw an A on it. Yeah, <laughs> throw an A on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, how many times had had you seen it?
3: You know, I bet ten to twenty, probably ten to or twenty. Of wow,
0: somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rachel, you want to give it a letter grade?
2: Yeah, I would say B minus. B minus. Yeah, because I did have appreciation for it as I went back, but to be honest. I like a movie that I can enjoy the first time through. Why do I have to do the work yeah. of unpacking it later and then come back and? So that's why it gets bumped down and all the objectification of women. I don't know. Yeah, Carla.
1: C.
0: C. What is?
2: The, oh, are you just saying yes?
0: Yeah. <laughs> a C. What does that stand for?
1: Uh, it stands for.
2: Uh, Can I take a nap halfway through and come back to this? (laughs) Exactly. Can I go
1: to sleep now?
0: (laughs) Well, I can't wait till the next time we watch it, though, because I think you'll notice. I'm never watching (laughs) it
1: again. (laughs) I I am officially done. What do you give it, Craig? Officially done. Uh,
0: It is an A for me, and uh, determining where I place it on the list.
1: So he's redoing his list. I'm I'm
0: redoing my list as I go. I'm still going to put it behind uh et and sunset boulevard uh but ahead of wizard of oz so i think of the movies we've watched thus far mm. it's my third favorite Ooh. um wow. et and sunset boulevard i had a little lower than i should have so those mm. are those are continually getting bumped up uh so right now eight and a half was it 22 i'll put it at number 24 but it could go up if other things go down all right who knows uh you guys want to improvise a little scene with us? Yes. So uh so Rachel and Carla and I are uh are actors that have been hired for a movie directed by maybe Fellini, maybe Guido, maybe Alex Van <laughs> 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 um, Maybe all three. Uh we just have tiny parts in this. We have no mm-hmm. idea what the movie is. Uh and then you'll enter uh, a little bit uh to uh to direct us. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Have
0: you guys worked with this director before?
1: I've I've never worked with him, but um, I've heard so many good things.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I had one non-speaking part, so I feel like this is different this time. Oh, cool! Yeah. You know, cool. Was, cool. Good residue on that. Uh, I played a dead body, so nice. um, no. Um, the answer's no. <laughs> oh, sweet, so sweet. I
1: would love to play a dead body. <laughs> it's tough. I think I'd be pretty good at it.
0: I've been learning Italian, so uh, hopefully I'll get to uh, to say some things in Italian.
1: Like what what
0: what kind of stuff? Prego, pronto, grazie.
1: That could that's like the most Italian. That's very Italian. That's you couldn't be more Italian right now.
0: Um I don't really know what this costume is. It's kinda
2: looks important.
0: It does. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever I I am, I'm important definitely. I mean a lot of pockets. So you guys haven't seen a script
2: or
1: I know that I'm a clown.
2: Yeah. I thought it was a joke my agent wrote me and she's like you're a clown I'm like I know so what part am I <laughs> and turns out that is it cool wow. that is it so yeah. I mean pockets means something echo <laughs> hey
3: uh, welcome uh, my oh, my children
1: oh gosh. <laughs> <wow>. oh, this <laughs> is so wow.
2: exciting thank well, you for having us very
3: excited to work with you sir very it's, honored uh, it's a pleasure to be back uh, and to see all of you
2: Oh, you remember me?
1: I, I have been in one of your films before. Yes, of course, yes. Uh, I met you at the audition. Yes. I must have left an impression.
3: <laughs> All of you left a major impression. I've never worked with you, nor did I audition. You, my friend. I saw you in the newspaper. Really? Yes.
1: Oh. oh, I knew I recognized oh, you. Okay. Yeah,
3: my apartment complex caught on fire.
0: Yes, yes. yes, yes. That was. Me. Did you
1: get cleared of it, or I thought you said it on fire? I, yeah. I'm
3: still under
0: investigation wow. for no.
1: that.
3: Yeah, no. you all come with some baggage.
1: It's true.
3: Yeah. So the first thing that I need from you all is to bear your souls on this production. Okay. Don't hold anything back. Okay. Okay. okay.
1: okay. Um, I'm. I just claimed bankruptcy this morning.
2: Mm. There you go. Oh, I um, I've been spreading my dog's food a little thin lately to save money. I've been feeding him a little less.
0: Uh, again, under investigation for arson. Mm-hmm.
2: Multiple, multiple counts of arson. Yours is the best one. I feel yeah. like.
0: Well, no, let's not compare.
1: You make bold uh, choices. Yeah.
0: It wasn't a choice. It just is who I am.
2: You all have
3: amazing voices. Grazie.
2: Grazie. Grazie. Prego. Thank you.
3: Um, but we're going to wait to use your voices until later. What?
1: Uh, what do you mean? Shit. Am I not? Do I not have lines in this I, again? Yeah, there are I no, no,
3: thought... no lines in this movie. <sighs> you know what? I noticed My there was agent... no boom mic or anything. I...
2: Is this a silent film? Yes. Uh... So do we get to mouth and do like extra facial expressions?
0: Like drunk history? Like that's hack.
2: <laughs> that's hack. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick, um, when you when you cast the clowns, were you thinking of our actual faces as the, or are we going to get a lot of makeup and no makeup? Uh. So you consider my face a clown face, naturally. Are you willing to give everything to this product? I'm questioning it right now, actually. Um,
0: oh my god, the set's on fire! What's happening? <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> <laughs> Rachel and Alex, oh thank goodness. you so Thanks much you for joining too. us. Thank, for thank us. you. So cool. uh, can people find you online? Do you have a social media presence yeah. that you want to make people aware of?
2: I guess so. I mean, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I think, I don't remember what my <laughs> handle is. Well, we'll tag you. But if you look up my name. <laughs> <laughs> we will tag you. Great, great, good, good. Alex is you not can really find up. me through Rachel if necessary. Yeah. He's, <laughs> okay. he's, he's off the grid with social media. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll leave your, uh, your I'm mailing. i on LinkedIn. Yeah. There it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll leave your LinkedIn handle and your mailing address <laughs> in,
2: our, in our
0: Twitter post for this. If
2: you're in West Hollywood, Shout.
0: Uh, Carla, uh, thank you again for putting up with uh, the second and last Fellini film. You're
2: welcome.
1: On
0: my list. I
1: watched both of them.
0: You watched this one entirely. I did. You watched... You fell asleep through parts of it, but I think you saw most of the movie. So uh, if you don't like the uh, the films of an Italian filmmaker, how about an Italian-American filmmaker?
1: Okay. And oh, boy. Scorsese? The,
0: <laughs> well, uh, you have not enjoyed previous films such as The King of Comedy, <laughs> Taxi Driver, or Raging Bull. But now is the ultimate Martin Scorsese film. This is 1990s gangster film starring Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, uh, Lorraine Bracco, Mm -hmm. uh, and many, many others. And it's called Goodfellas. Uh,
2: Ah, yes. I thought you were going to say Hugo. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great Scorsese film. It's called (laughs) Hugo.
0: Uh, Have you seen Goodfellas, Carl? I've seen
2: Goodfellas, yes. What do you think of
0: it?
1: It's been a long time. I saw it in college.
0: Do you think it might be a little violent for you? Probably. Okay. Well, Craig's listeners, (laughs) please tune in. We're going to have our friends Matt and Debbie on to talk about uh, that one. And uh, we'll see you next time.
4: The list is an absolute good. The list is life.